Episode 36 of the Coys Are Us podcast. Four Americans who watch Spurs and talk about how dreadful it is. All four of us are here today. So we've got Kim, we've got Ben, Jesse, and myself, Joel. Um, and I think for this episode, I think what makes the most sense is like we'll we'll talk about what happened against Everton, but I feel like there's probably more to say. Like there's just a lot going on right now, and in other ways, maybe not enough going on um, in different facets throughout the club. And I feel like the match on Monday was indicative of that, but I feel like it's a little bit bigger. And I know when we created this podcast originally, we did say, like, we wanted to talk a little bit more about big ideas um, and not just do match recaps all the time. And so I think this is probably a good episode to do that for. Um, Kim and I were actually together in Houston. Um, we went to the University of Miami, so we were there to see Arcanes in the Final Four. And we actually uh, were watching the match together at Houston Spurs. So shout out to them. So, Kim, I want to start with you because we were watching a match together. When you're watching this game, like, there are a number of things that you're seeing that you're like, this is an issue and it's not a new issue. So, like, what were your reactions? And I think thinking about the big picture, like, what do you think are the cause of those things that you, that you noticed? The thing that stuck out the most from the match was really just our inability to hold on to the ball. And I felt like that was the to me the most glaring thing that that just seemed the most annoying um it's just we we just gifted Everton possession just like continuously and I felt like as the game went on it got worse and worse and worse and it was like it was happening in the first half but I feel like in the second half we literally just gave them the ball back all the like consistently throughout the second half and we're up a man and it's like we're playing against we're like we're the one with 10 men it felt like we were playing with the 10 men and just our inability to inability to have like initiative when it comes to like trying to take a game it's like we we kind of just let things happen to us and when they don't go well we talk about how they don't go well but we don't try to impose our own selves onto the game so it was just it was frustrating overall just to watch and it got to a point where I just started laughing because I was just like I know what's coming I know what's about to happen like Everton is literally playing like they they're playing with a man up and we're shrinking into ourselves and that's that's what happens we shrink onto our line and no one closes down obviously Michael Keenan they score an equalizer in the 90th minute like it it's like you could write the script and write the story I meant to look this up before we recorded, but I forgot and I just wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to be. But I, I'm wondering how many of the goals that we've conceded this year were just like shots from outside the box that were uncontested. I can think of obviously Keynes on Monday. I can think of the Partey shot against the first match against Arsenal. I think the first match against Chelsea, Koulibaly had a similar goal. And I feel like to Kim's point, that's not a new problem. Like we were having this conversation for the past two years because it was an issue under Jose as well. But when I watch us defend, it almost feels like there's seven guys clogged inside the penalty box and nobody contests or like marks the actual edge of the box. And so you're just waiting and hoping that you can time it well enough to be able to block it. But like, there's guys dribbling on the edge of the penalty box all game who are just like not really being contested or being guarded. And I don't feel like it's like a new phenomenon. Um, it's also interesting. Well, Jesse, I guess I'll ask you about this because I don't know if you heard the reports that apparently I didn't hear this when we were at the bar, but apparently the fans were like singing the Pochettino song. Yeah, I did not hear it either. Um, uh, but that's what I, I read the same thing and, and I can understand why. I mean, this is the fourth straight season 
that will go without fifth straight season or will, will not a manager won't finish the season um which is the type of uh of turmoil and and uh, upheaval you know you see at mid-table clubs at small clubs the only big club that really is that um turnovery are uh our, our blue scum rivals in in london so uh people just want joy that's the reason we like sports is to give us moments of joy and and you know crazy thing tottenham hasn't tried this yet but stringing those moments together to create a season of joy um i don't mean season in the sense of a full-on season i mean like season in like the biblical sense of just a season of happiness like maybe a month or two you know but uh i get why people are, are singing those praises i did a quick research when you were talking <clears throat> excuse me through you know, goals out of the box. I don't have the the old all-time goal chart, but just quickly, like, right, you know, I'm a big XG guy. Those are typically low XG shots, the, the bangers that get struck out of the box. Um, and I just wanted to see what the difference between our actual uh, goals allowed and XG um, goals allowed are. We've given up uh, 41, which is joint one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh worst. All of the teams that are worse than us are 18th, 17th, 19th, 13th, 20th, 14th in the table. Um, uh, but, but XGA, we've only given up 36, not to say that that's good. Um, but that's fifth fewest, uh, XGA. Um, so after, after top team city, Arsenal, Newcastle, Brighton, and then West Ham's the outlier. So it seems like that we're, sounds like exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. It, it yeah. seems exactly like what you're saying. And, and we're just, and, and like those things, I mean, those are so frustrating. Like I, I, I watch a lot of hockey, um, and you see that the often the best championship teams and the toughest teams throwing their body blocking often lead the league and blocked and block shots um, and and just are denying stuff in in those open opportunities because I mean all these guys are at, at a top level like no Michael Keane isn't one of the best ball strikers in the world but if you give a, a competent player like that space you're giving the opportunity and it's it's like. How That's hard the thing. is that? If, if it wasn't that goal, it would have been another one. Like they had opportunities and they created more. They 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 actually tried to win the game more than we did. Yeah. So like if it wasn't that goal, it would have been some other shot that we happened to block or another shot that Hugo actually dove for. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, I, the one thing that I'll be excited about when the Hugo era is over and, and respect for the captain, you know, all that. But when it's done, he I feel like he gets frozen in his spot more than any other keeper in the entire world. Like maybe it's maybe I'm being silly, but just like make the effort, like just pretend to dive even if or jump, even if you're completely beaten and you don't see it until late. Like just, you know, give it the old college try. Yeah, that seemed odd to me too. It, it seemed like I was surprised he didn't make a dive for it at all. Um, but yeah, man, that game, that second half was terrible. That was one of the, I don't know, we've had a lot of bad halves, so it's it's hard to say one of the worst without just talking about half our season at this point. But the first half of the game was okay. You know, not great, but it was okay. We we at least had some spells of possession, um, a couple uh, chances, but man, that second half was miserable. To be up a man for what? 25 minutes, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 20, yeah. yeah, that's that is crazy that we're on the back foot getting pressed by 10 men. Like what what is going on there? And, and this is again is both with that and with what you guys were talking about earlier, not um not uh stepping up to block shots, just not giving it effort potentially. Is that a coaching thing? Or is that literally there's something wrong with every single one of our players? This goes back to what we were talking about last week, but for both those things, like is that you know, what? what's the root cause, I guess? Well, you know, it's funny. Watching the game, I couldn't help but notice how similarly we continued to play, which I, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised by because we... And the we, subs, man. Those subs are like... <laughs> they, yeah, those I are mean, top-level <laughs> worst subs. I think going into the match, it was kind of like, okay, well... They have a new coach. Maybe they're a little pissed off about the comments that were made. They had some time. Maybe we'll see some sort of effort. And the game started, and I did feel like I saw that effort. And it was like, oh, they're still kind of playing the same system, but they're playing with a little bit more pep in their step. And that lasted for 10 minutes, <laughs> maybe 15 if I'm being generous. 
And then we fell back into the exact same football that we were playing before the international break. And I'm like, oh, this is the same thing that we've been doing all year, which is like looking like we're going to have a good game in the first 10 minutes and then slowly falling back into ourselves. And to be honest, though, that's not that surprising. I mean, how long has that was? Yeah, and that's the thing I was going to say is like, this is exactly what I should have expected. Right. Because they hired his number two. (laughs) Like, if anything, that's odd, though. I I know we talked about this a little bit in the chat group, but it you never see this happen. Usually the 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 back the coaching staff, they all kind of move together. It's not like American sports where you have like assistant coaches taking over as the head coach when they move on, if it's a successful team, but yeah, usually they move in groups. And then why would you keep up the, you, it makes sense. If you have a really successful manager that then retires or gets hired by another team that then you would hire his assistant as his replacement. Why would you fire a guy that you don't like that style of football and he potentially lost the dressing room and then install his, his number two as the new, like that. I, I don't know if that was supposed to be continuity. Yeah. I think that's, I think it was, it was an attempt at Conte nuity. Um, put that one on the episode title oh boy. Uh, because Stellini had been good, lobbying right? for them. Stellini had been <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stellini had been had been good. He was I don't have the, the in front of me, but I, I felt like he was in charge for five or six matches, including some including the final. I think he was like three out of five or something like that. Yeah. And I think it was like the first few that he had, he had won as well. Like he beat City. I know. I remember that one. He had Chelsea. I think he, I think he was coached that beating, Sheffield game, though. Ahead of that, ahead of, yeah, and and so there was there's who, who not, not that he was perfect, but there was so there was some. I, don't I think that was Stellini too. I'm not sure. Attempted of that, and it sounded like also like Stellini had been a longtime Conte loyalist. So it's like maybe maybe the guy wants to. Maybe he's like, this is my one chance. I don't know how old he is. He looks like he's been around not football young. for a while. So <laughs> maybe he was like, hey, look, this is my shot. Let me see if I can with the handful of games I've already managed, let me see if I can get a run in these last 10 games and see if someone will hire me to be the, the top, to do the top job. That was the the attempt. Um, but it was like, we weren't going to go back to the Ryan Mason. Well, he just looked overwhelmed and completely unprepared two years ago when he had hey, he won four or seven, baby. He won four that's, or seven. That, that's almost unfair to even put it. Was he a 29 or something? At well, that right. Point? That's what You're I'm like, saying. Like, so that's why Stellini, I feel I think, like made I think sense right. because who else are we going to do? It's not like yeah. we have, People they, aren't they bring down in the David door to Pete. be a caretaker or, manager. Well, they 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 were talking about uh, Harry Redknapp, which would have been pretty great. I would I actually would have liked that one. Or it was Martin Yol still around? Um, I think they did this with David Pleat like two or three times. Or wait, is that yeah? I think that's right. But, but yeah, no, thing, I, I, I think you're, it's thing. a caretaker manager. If you're if you're getting rid of a guy and keeping half of his backroom staff, then what you're really saying is like you're an issue. You're toxic and you're a cancer that we got to get out of here. But we don't see any issues with the system. (laughs) And so, like, I've been thinking about the way that we've been kind of defensive football, giving away possession, trying to break on the counter, and thinking about the ways that we did that now and the ways that we did that under um, Jose and thinking about, like, how is that similar and how is that different? And I think... During the Jose era, what was really frustrating is feeling like we were just defending the entire game and for longer spells. Whereas with the Conte thing, I think it doesn't necessarily feel like we're defending for five minutes, but it feels like we can never maintain the possession. The other That's because he's, like, he's very much like just attack as quickly as possible, right? Not quite route one, but he wants very direct play. Like as soon as we get the terms ball. Of which one? Well, Conte initially, and then I guess, you know, mini Conte, now Stellini. That was the style of play that we were doing, which is as soon as you get the ball, you break forward as quickly as possible. But that's what Jose did too. I know, but I guess the automation is For me, I think the biggest difference between their offense is the fact that, like, number one, we weren't playing um, a three-in-the-back system, but I also just feel like Kane and Son were just hooking up like crazy under Jose. And so even when we did play super defensively at least when we had the ball it looked like we knew what to do with it now especially with this two midfield nonsense that we continue to refuse to switch up we don't even look like we know what to do with the ball it's not like Sonny and Kane are hooking up 
It's not like there's like a to be fair though. So this is something we talked about all season, but because last at the end of last season, we were looking better than we did under Jose the entire time. Like everybody was feeling pretty positive towards the tail end of last season. And it was sun. That was one of the biggest, biggest reasons for that. We, we, I know we talked about if, if Parasitch is potentially an issue if sun got old overnight, I think that it, I don't know if it's necessarily just Parasitch, but something's changed in our style of play where Sun's not getting in behind. Like he was running on through balls more last year. You just don't see that. He's he he's not good with his back to goal. I mean, again, we're we're saying stuff that we've said before, but I think that Sonny is a big reason why our offense. And he is has his back to goal the entire game. So exactly. Then like- and then Kulusevsky has looked okay for sometimes, but he's not nearly as consistent this year as he was last year. I'm not no. sure if that's him getting, you know, not having a good wing back partner because he it's he looked better once Poros come on. He's he looked better. Nobody really looked good on Monday. It was just not one of those games, other than Kane, basically. And even he had that header that went pretty far wide. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh just another another in a long string of disappointing games this season. Like like Jesse was saying, we can't even get a season as in like a short period of successive uh like have we had longer than say how many wins have we had in a row at all of this season i feel like we literally haven't had a month that we've gone unbeaten i thought we opened the season kind of optimistically but we did we, we result wise so i think it was right. like seven points out of the first three or something like that. yeah it just feels like every few weeks we go, oh, this club's in shambles, and then something else happens. And this actually, this time it's been that. a whole month of this club's in shambles. Yeah, I, I actually wanted to ask you about that, Kim. So I'm glad that you brought that up because right now it does feel like we don't have a coach. We have an interim coach that is basically running the exact same system as the guy that we just sacked. We're not really clear on what the plan is for the permanent hire. We haven't, we've heard rumors, but we don't really even know what the list is. So we don't know what the profile is. And the profile is important because the profile is going to determine what happens with our players and what happens with our system, what happens with our football in general. Not to mention you have Kane's thing looming. You have Hugo that needs replacing da, 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 X, Y, Z. So like, oh, you forgot to mention our director of football, director who of football. <laughs> is no longer our director of football for now until the his appeal gets Which looked at. Which is strange. And, I, you I know, don't see so. I don't sometime see why this month we we might have one again. I I don't know. It doesn't it seem weird though? The now you bring that up is how hard we seem to be fighting to keeping Paradici, that versus like he's given us now multiple occasions where we could cut ties with a pretty good reason i'm surprised that we're fighting that hard to keep this dude i don't know he doesn't seem like he's that impressive and then with with all the baggage i don't doesn't seem like it's worth the amount of effort we're putting into it is a financial thing again i guess the question is really would you prefer Fabio Paratici to make these decisions, or would you prefer Daniel Levy to make these decisions? Well, yeah, uh, probably Paratici, but I, from what it sounds so, like, is Levy is still uh, vetoing a lot of these decisions at the top anyway, and some of them probably with good reason. The rest of them have Lukaku right now. Well, Kim, let's say you get to be the man. You're Daniel Levy. What What would you do thinking about all of the things, the situation that we're in, how shaky our future looks. What would you do if you were in his shoes? If I was Daniel Levy, I would have already been looking for a replacement director of football as soon as I heard about this Fabio Paratici news. That would have been me. I'd have been looking for a director. Wasn't that before they hired him? It was already stewing, I feel like. Okay, well then I would have never hired. As soon him. as Italy, <laughs> as soon as Italy suspended him, basically. Or, but yes, as soon as it became yeah. like the, Italian that's, FA, that's that's really probably what it is. As soon as the Italian FA was like, all right, he's probably not going to like, he's no longer going to be able to work here for an extended period of time. That's what they, they could have cut him loose right then, or they could have held him for a little bit while they did some searching. Who knows? Maybe they've been doing a search. I doubt it because we don't seem like we're doing very uh, very well with our covering our our uh, you know due diligence. I mean, that that particular situation seems like the news has been dribbled out based on 
when rulings come out as opposed to no one was talking about that prior to the Italian FA actually saying he like he's he can no longer work in the FA for like the next two years. No one talked about it really. So it's not like we're just totally disregarding something. But um, but yeah, I probably would have been looking for someone else at the time that they the Italian FA was like he's suspended. You also um, got to get a coach because you don't have a coach either. So well, I mean, at, but at the, at, the, at the time we did have a coach. No, um, coach-wise, I mean, the thing about Tottenham right now is I feel like who are we talking into taking the, the coaching job? That's who I feel like it is right now. It's trying to make the club, club look enticing. And to do that, you actually have to do good things. So, so right now, I don't think we're – that appealing of a place to work for sure not i mean look the deserby quotes came out or not quotes but but uh leaks that was just like yeah he's brighton is going steady um why would i you know like basically like look at all the freaking turmoil that i mean mean, we talked about at the top about not managers not finishing a season we're we're not going to get a hot a hot prospect unless we just back up the truck of money but I've heard that about Deservey. I've heard that about Amarin. I've heard that about Nagelsmann. I've heard that from all of these camps. So the the names that we really want as fans, the names that we think will make us better, don't seem to want to work here. Right. So, and I, I don't I wasn't following the manager wheel of uh or uh, a carousel as closely when we hired Poach in 2011, 12. But I don't remember. It's probably less less ways to follow it anyway. Yeah, true. I mean, he had obviously he had he'd put together some nice things at Southampton, but he was not at the time was not at the level of any of the guys that we're looking at of, wow, what a bright young manager. So we just, you know, maybe it's luck. Maybe it was just really good scouting and negotiation to, to find him. But like the next manager that we get after having, and like other people are going to see like, wow, these guys figure out a way to win every everywhere. Are they both pricks? Jose and, and Antonio? Yeah, but they win everywhere except for freaking Spurs. I'm going to freaking win at Spurs if I'm a hot young prospect manager. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a lot more confidence than that. But still, like you, you see a lot of unsteadiness. I would I don't know who the name is, but I don't see us getting one of the the top big names unless Levy's just like, yeah, here's here's five years and a and a whatever the hugest monies are a war chest (laughs) yeah uh yeah so so for like for me it's really it's really hard to say like where the club should go because i i don't see a candidate that wants us and we want them it's kind of like a relationship where you know you're not putting your best foot forward but you're looking for the best um I it's kind of feel like that's where we are as a club. <laughs> yeah, it's the state of the club, honestly. And I also think right now, well, I'm also, we're recording this uh, after United and Newcastle both won. So we are now um, all alone in fifth uh, on the table. And they also will play again uh, before us because they have a game in hand. So there's that. And I think, because of that coaches who are looking at the situation are going to say like, I don't even know where I'm going to be playing in Europe. If I will be playing in Europe at all, that's still up in the air. I think because so many different players have also kind of been in bad form this year, you're also looking at that and wondering like, what kind of player am I going to get? You're also looking at the situation with so many of our players still out on loan. So all those guys are coming back. Do I want to keep any of those guys? Do I even really know what I can see? Because a lot of them didn't really play as much as they probably could have. So it's a lot up in the air. And also, by the way, you're not getting wins when you're playing either. I guess I'm thinking about like the state of the club and all the things that seem like they don't really have um, any assurance behind and just like, where are you right now? Because I think you've been um, watching this team for a while. And so, like, it seems like the party's over, but how are you? I, I mean, I don't have anything great to say. I know I'm usually the silver lining guy, um, but, you know, today, uh, you know, there's not a silver lining on a sack of poop. Um, that's how it feels right now. 
Um, I, I was just thinking like of, of the best of times. Come on, um, now that's the episode title. <laughs> the continuity. Oh, oh my the, goodness, we have to do a vote at the end. Yeah, uh, you know, like just looking back at the, and I looked up a couple of these to, to get the specifics before we started, but the, the 2019 um, Champions League run, we started the group stage 0-1 and 2 um, in the first three with one point in three matches. In the fourth match, we were down 0-1 uh with uh versus ps uh, psv at home um until kane uh double at 78 and 89 the fifth match even until erickson broke through at 80 and the the final match against barcelona which we needed to match uh, i think inter's result in to advance we were down um until uh lucas got a goal at 85 easy round of 16 3010 against dortmund um, but the quarterfinals sunny wins the first leg at 78 the hip of Lorente sends us through at 70 at the 73rd minute in the second leg after a little bit of, of VAR drama towards the end. Semis, Lucas Mora. I don't need to say anything else. Amsterdam. I, I was writing the I was in Indianapolis at the time. I was writing the Indy Spurs newsletter. And I think when I recapped that as we headed into the final, it was like we've redefined what Spursiness is. This is bit this is the antithesis of everything you've heard about the Tottenham at Tottenham as a club. Like that was snatching wins from the draws of jaws of draws that was doing what we needed to do late it was never saying die it was it was figuring it out at the end the last two matches obviously i was wrong but the last two matches were were i mean you couldn't get more spursy than we just did with the last two matches on the other side of the international break the the schedule starting to break in your favor you're facing a relegation club yes they were both away but you're facing a relegation club in both cases we had a lead in the late 80s or 90th minute and then we found a way to drop four points. And now here we are sitting three points plus a game at hand behind Newcastle and United for uh, for that, that precious fourth spot, as opposed to if we just don't step on our own dicks in the last five minutes of each of those games, we're up a point still with them having a, a game in hand. So just incredible spursiness. It just it just sucks the the joy out of you. And, and it makes you think like. And I'm going to be there because I guess I'm a masochist. I'm going to be watching the next game anyway. I, I think a, a few weeks ago, I told you guys I was going to take a day off. And then there I was the next morning watching, you know, watching the game. So it's just a difficult time. I think the only optimism that I can find now is that there's only um, nine matches left, 10 matches left. So you only have to watch them 10 more times. And then I'm, I might really just try to not pay attention much this summer um, and just wait and then just see what we've got you know, see what happens, see who we, who we manager. Cause I can't do another summer, like two summers ago where we're linked to 15 different managers, you know, only to have poor little Nuno come in. So I'm not in a good spot with, with Tottenham. Um, but I'm, I'm too deep. I'm sucked in. They got me by the, uh, they got me by the scruff of my neck and I can't, uh, I can't get away. And I just can, my daughter's sitting next to me and I can just, you know, it's cute as it is when, when she says, come on, you Spurs, I just need to just try to steer her in another direction, you know, Okay. <laughs> That's how I think you spoke for a lot of us, but you definitely spoke for yourself. Uh, man, it it's funny because I feel like, you know, I was having some conversation with like some guys at the local bar who were like complaining about the fans not coming out and there wasn't enough of our fans at the pub today. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's a Monday. But second of all, like, I can't blame people for not wanting to come out and watch this dross. Like the football is so bad that you're just kind of watching it out of, like you said, like an obligation of like, I'm a fan. We play once a week. I got to watch the game, but you're like, you're not enjoying it at all. And it's just, it's bad to watch. And you're also just like waiting for the other shoe to drop because there have been very few games this season or certainly not in recent history where I walk away and feel like, Oh yeah. Spurs were the better team on the day. Even the games that we draw or win a lot of the times, it feels like the other team just missed their opportunities or we just kind of lucked up. Probably not since the Chelsea game, I would say is probably the last game that I felt like we really looked the better side. What's more important, Ben? The results or the entertainment value? The entertainment value overall. I mean, I would take one season where we, if you guarantee me a trophy and we're just going to play park the bus 
and barely, you know, struggle out enough points to, to get a championship. I'll do that for one season and it would be fun, but I would much rather have Poach's um, version of Spurs and be perennially a top four team and be entertaining and have a project that you're rooting for and feel invested in than winning, even even having like long-term Mourinho or Conte, if it's this style of play, and obviously it could be this toxic feeling uh, or like I can't see them lasting that long, but I think that that style of play is what makes it feel so, so toxic. And I think that winning trophies that way would have its own benefit, but I just think that the, the con is greater than the pro there. I think that it's more fun to be entertained on a weekly basis than it is to, you know, say, look at that trophy. Yeah, that Everton 5-4 cup loss a couple years ago with the, with, the, with the famous Sanchez brace, like I had a ton of fun watching that game and we lost. And so, yeah, like those sometimes, like I'll remember, you know, of course I remember the the entertaining wins the most of all, um, but I remember I it, it, having fun and, and entertaining um, draws. The, the Kane mask goal game was a stupid draw similar to this one, except we're paying a much, much better team, but we had a late lead. And we were up a man and we gave up an equalizer um, and versus Arsenal in that, in that case, five years ago, whatever that was. So I remember the entertainment. That's, that's, that's it. It's the, it's the, the, um, the memories to get a little uh, live, laugh, love on everybody um, or eat, pray, love or whatever. But uh, you know, people don't remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. And, you know, we're not going to always remember the results of Tottenham, but we'll remember how watching the football made us feel. And, and this is despite, you know, uh, some moderate success in the last couple of years or last year, at least of, of finishing top four, the the football has typically left us feeling wanting more and frustrated. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if it's nostalgia, but I feel like I, I remember, I, I remember it more fondly watching football when I first started watching Spurs, when it was Harry Redknapp, I remember having a lot more fun and getting a lot more enjoyment out of that. And we were, we were not bad, but we were not perennially top four. Um, but I, I enjoyed that more than I've enjoyed these last three years or whatever it's been with Conte and, and Jose and Nuno. So, Kim, how do you feel about Pochettino as an option? It feels like his name is getting louder now, not only metaphorically, but I guess also literally. Is that a serious thing? Should I know we've talked about him before in the past. Real quick, actually, sorry. Episode. But I just have to say, why does Chelsea always do this shit? Like they had to have dumped Potter to go after Nagelsmann because they thought that we're going to go after Nagelsmann. I mean, I could be wrong about this, but it just seems so transparent. And it really seems like Chelsea just loves to like pick on us in that way. They've, they're constantly swooping us for players and managers. And we're, how many, like we talked about this, how many manager, how many cast off Chelsea managers do we have now? They're like trying to taint these managers. So we'll never take them now. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Chelsea is, I think 11th in the league right now. But if I'm looking towards next year, I still think that's a more attractive job. The only thing I'd be worried about with them, obviously they have an even worse history of, of uh, getting rid of managers, and that has not improved this season, even under new management. But also they might be in – there's talk about them being in pretty serious financial troubles if they can't unload a ton of players. And if everybody knows that they're going to be a huge selling club this summer, how are they going to be able to get – good money and we're in a similar situation just not nearly as bad as they are with Tongi and and you know Celso. although who knows maybe with the new manager they might even get another crack at it oh don't even i can't ben can you imagine Tongi one more time i feel no. like i feel like um you know the uh, the metaphor that comes to mind with chelsea is they're like the 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 slightly cooler more popular kid that's generally a jerk in school that like when we the less cool kid is like you know sweet on a girl or a boy and then they're like um oh no i'm gonna go bang him instead so that uh you can't uh, <laughs> you can't be, be, yeah, yeah that's how it feels just like the the qb1 is just they're like the no, mo- i'm gonna go bang that mean girl kid so in a, yeah they're the Awful. mean kid in like a uh you know a, a, a high school sports movie Anyway, sorry, Joe, to derail that. You're asking about Poach. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I couldn't believe that they did that shit. They fired the manager we already all kind of wanted to get before. They fired him when he was in charge for how many games? And I mean, I mean yeah. it was seems... pretty bad, though. He was pretty, pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I will, it was pretty I, bad. Will, I will say, yes, there's some elements of that. But I will also say, like, Potter did himself no favors. And they have been talking about 
Like there were rumors about him getting sacked for like at least a month now. So I think it's how many games did he actually have in charge? Just curious. Or it was, I think yeah, twenty ish in the league. I think yeah, probably twenty. That's or crazy. So. You get half a season to prove yourself. No time to bet people in at all with a bunch of super young players. That's. I mean, I get that they were they were they were not doing great, but that's that's. I don't uh, know, man. Talk they, about us having a foot in, in two different lanes there. Like that's crazy. Thirty-one games uh, in total. Total. But that's twelve wins in uh, in the thirty-one. That's that's um, pretty bad for him. It's not. It's which not is the good, funny thing is too, right? He earned that, and obviously with significantly less resources. But thirty-one uh, percent win percentage at uh, at Brighton, and everybody was uh, you know slobbing their knob over to get Potter, um, including some members of this podcast. And then thirty-nine percent bumped his win percentage up at Chelsea, but not good hey, enough. But, yeah, but no, because that's also that's probably factoring he, in his entire tenure there. But now, he, like the I'm like he years. helped. He helped. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm cherry picking from the ground up. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> I still think he's a good manager. I think he just made a bad decision. Decision making, not great. Still think he's a good manager. Well, and then, um, like I said, Chelsea, if Chelsea like... was not, well, if Chelsea was not ready to hold on to him for a little bit longer, why would they invest so much money in buying him out from Brighton and spending that much into youth players and then get a development manager? and then scrap it after 31 total games. I'm not sure how many Premier League games. Like, that just seems way more short-sighted than even what we did, which is what we've been saying this whole time. Well, I think they made the wrong hire, and then they realized yeah. it. And then it's like, oh, well, like, but they invested like hold 200 on to million investment? pounds or something. Well, well yeah, because they don't know what they're doing. They're figuring it out as they go. Like, this is a new ownership club. They've never owned a, a football club before. So for them... They're kind of figuring it out as they go, but it's also like if you realize you have the wrong guy. That's like wrecking Ferrari after Ferrari to learn how to drive. Like that, that they could have been hey, chilled like, out. Of like I said, to... like I said five minutes ago, I still would rather go there as a gaffer than I would come to Spurs because I feel like we're as much of a mess and we have a less of an opportunity to kind of get out of it. And so, yeah, that's where I'm. We're, I'm just like trying to make us feel better by trashing another team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to ask him before uh, Ben interrupted me three times um, <laughs> about Pochettino, um, because I do feel like Chelsea hired the guy we should have got, and we hired the guy they probably should have got. And so, like, we know that we probably have to go back to a project man. He was our project man. Is there anything from the way that we looked so Conte-esque on Monday that makes you change your mind or feel like maybe Pochettino is a better idea than you thought he was three weeks ago? It's wild to say, but <laughs> if if we're going to blow this whole thing up, bro, you can bring him back. I'll be all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, this is, but this is how you know, like this, like that performance, literally, I was like, I felt like I was a maniac literally laughing at the screen because I was just like, this can't be real. Like it was this, like it was this. like it's like Walter White in the crawl space. <laughs> just lose your mind yeah. and all you can do is laugh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So so but honestly, I, I feel like if we're if we're truly gonna say we're blowing this up and we move Kane along, maybe we keep Sonny to come off the bench or something. But we we really look to fulfilling whatever vision he has in addition to whoever we do have as director of football, because I still think that layer for Poch is important. He can't be the man that makes thinks he can make all the decisions. There has to be some sort of conglomerate that he works with to make his makes his decisions, because not every player that Poch wants to sign is a guy who will do well for the team. He's sometimes not that great at the whole player, the choosing the player thing. He's very good at developing what he has. He takes a look at what you do well, and he tries to fit you into his system. He'll make that work, but I don't know if he's the guy that should be choosing the talent all the time. So I feel like there's so you're a saying way to he needs it. a director of football. <laughs> yes, that, that's what I said. What that was concept. my first. That was my that was my first point that if we do bring in Potch, we have to have a director of football in place. That is, to me, those things go together hand in hand. But I'm 
feeling more willing because of how much of a tire fire this continues to look. I I just feel like we need to get in some structure and solidity. And I know him coming in will provide that. And obviously there's still some guys here who, you know, he gets along with um, and getting him back into the club will be easier. I think than getting any other manager, just because there are still some guys here who can talk to the other guys to say like, you know, even though Potch seems to be a bit of an asshole here or there, like we, we, we worked with him for years and like, although it didn't work out here, like we're happy to have him back. Like if they're happy to have him back, that's the kind of stuff that can go over well with the newer players. And I just feel like he's more personable than, you know, Conte was. Conte didn't really seem to talk to guys about things at all, which seemed very weird, but that's how he did it. He kind of just told you and you didn't really have a conversation about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think there's a lot from Monday's performance that probably has us all wanting a little bit more. So if you guys, we don't know about Nagelsmann, obviously, or any of these other guys, because as you said, it's only been rumors. But where, what, how would you prioritize who you want to be the next manager? Or how would you guys do that? Because I know last week we, we had all just found out, I found out while we were on the podcast about the Nagelsmann news. Um, I think that I know we've been chatting about it and it seems like a lot of Spurs. It seems a very much a consensus, like he would be the top pick. And I think he would be mine if we could still get him at this point. But I mean, who else, who else do you guys like, I guess, <laughs> other than just poach? Cause I, I, I like, how would you rank poach compared to some of the other guys we still potentially could get, I guess. I mean, I probably still put Potch fourth in my list. I forget Even what podcast he, it was. he probably will be the one we most likely will get though, but I, I probably would put him fourth on the list. I would probably have Ooh. Nagelsmann to Zerby and Amarin in some sort of order above him. I don't know enough about Amarin, so I I love the 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 top two that Kim did. I, I mean it's tough to 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 rate poach properly. I think um I forget who it was. It may have been the the um fighting cock guys or I forget who it was exactly, but they had made like a, a video that was here, are all the different um, uh, upsides of each of the managers were considering and, and like uh, pluses and minuses of each one. And one of the pluses of poach was, is our actual dad. Um, and so like, <laughs> that's sort of it, right? Like, so, uh, and it, you know, if dad went out for a, for a pack of cigs, um, you know, cause mom told him he had to go. Uh, and, and, uh, and now he's back. Um, even though the, the new stepdad might be really cool on paper and have everything that we would want in a manager, whether that's Nagelsmann or deserve be like, it's your dad. Um, and there's going to be a, a special spot in our heart again, not only from how close we came to glory, but, um, you know, that, that, that evolved, uh, um, you know, griff that their grift, I don't know gruff i don't know what the word i'm looking for is of all the 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 stuff the bad people say about about levy and, and you know it took us that he did take us from a mid-table club to a club that's regularly competing for top fours that really you know uh uh who was it was it red nap that had the one champions league like poach made that the expectation um here and that's something that's that's special and i don't know if that means that he's going to be the right guy for to, to come back at this point but that's going to be that's just always going to have a, a special spot um for you so uh, it's almost like you know i'm gonna rank them on a on a different on a different scale it's like you know which who which manager do i want more nagelsman which dad do i want the most po <laughs> i think that I mean, makes sense my i had the same top two again like you as kimmy and then i think i put post third and it's for the same reason i really don't know much about amarin hopefully we can get one of those three who knows maybe they'll we'll pull a rabbit out but yeah how joel what do you think yeah i mean i think i'm probably a little higher on amarin than you for the same reason <laughs> i i i kind of want somebody that i don't know that well that i've just seen a few things from here and there and i can get excited about um i've also heard thomas frank's name thrown around i don't know how i feel about that but yeah, for me, uh, Nagelsmann is number one. Um, Thomas Amethyst. Franks would actually probably be a good comparison to how it was with Poach when when Poach came in. He's he, how long has he been there? Because I think Poach had been in South, Southampton for a year and a half. He's been and at he Brentford was like a since before they came up. I feel like 
Has he? Well, so in terms of his yeah. production in the Premier League, at least, which is taking what should be a relegation team and making them a solid mid-table team. That's basically what Poach, if memory yeah. serves, was. And I think that's kind of what Thomas Franks is. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, the question about, like, what would I be looking for the most? I think, number one, I think we really need to rebuild um, and, like, actually just rebuild. I would you need sell, sell Kane, though? I would seriously think about it. I would definitely try to sell Sun this summer. I would try to get a young center back. If I don't have the money for the Rolls Royce, then I need to at least get something that looks like it might grow into a sports car. Um, Hugo needs to be replaced this summer. Like, and I think you really just really try to push the development of Romero, of Saar, of Skippy, of Kulisevsky, like really invest in your youth. Sub in your youth in some of your games, like instead of continuing to bring on Davinson Sanchez and Ivan Perisic all the time. Like Lucas Mora, that's the my biggest bugaboo. Okay. Well, at least we won't have to see him for the next three games. So that's <laughs> good to know. But I can't yeah, wait till I he think... comes on as your first sub though in our last game of the season. Right. <laughs> With the with the with the with uh, Europa Conference League on the line, so yeah, no, I feel like for me, thinking about the fact that I really think we need to rebuild, I would want someone that I think is going to be able to like manage that, to be able to play with youth, to be able to create and build a system, to be able to like get the best out of players without having such a rigid idea of what you want to do from game to game. Like Monday's game was screaming for a third midfielder and we just refused to do it. I, I would like to see a coach that is going to have more than one game plan. That's going to be able to try different things. And I think that a project man is usually more likely to have a few different tricks in his bag. So for me, that's the most important thing. Um, Nagelsmann by all accounts is, a creative idea man and so like that piques my interest because I think that's exactly the profile that we need and I also think thinking ahead to not only next year but like the next few years I think it was Jesse mentioned something about top four and I really wonder like what our future top four capabilities and probabilities even look like because now it does feel like there's like a big seven <laughs> um, and Newcastle is only going to get better. Chelsea and Liverpool are having down seasons, but I expect them both to be much better next year because they have good players. And so I feel like that consistently getting into top four thing might be like kind of quiet for the next few years. And that's going to be an easier pill to swallow if it feels like we're building something to be good in three years when that opportunity comes again versus finishing sixth and still not really having a good system and having a bunch of players that we don't know how to use. Like I'd be fine with us finishing seventh or eighth and knowing that like there's a plan in place for at least two years from now, which we don't have right now. And so Jesse, I guess a question for you is like, what do you think about the future of the top four race? not only looking at Spurs, but looking at the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, it's only getting harder for all the reasons that you said. Um, it was fun when Newcastle uh, beat Arsenal and helped us get uh, top four last year. And we're like, they're going to be tough in a couple of years. It's not fun that they're already tough right now before they've even really poured a bunch of that oil money into it. So, right. um, you know, that's going to be a, a challenge. Uh, City and, and Pool are not at the peak of their powers, but they're still going to be, you know, in contention for, for a while. Um, eventually Chelsea is going to figure it out again. This is kind of seemingly like what they've done where they were like good. And then they just sucked for like a year or two. And then previously Conte came in, they won league <laughs> and here they are. They sucked again this year. And uh, so it'll be interesting. It's, it's going to get really hard. I, I'm going to guess we're under six months away from a, a story <laughs> being out or um, something about, wow, England should really have five teams in the premier league. Look at all these great or uh, in the champions league, look at all these great teams. And then there'll be a, you know, scuttlebutt about um, 
super leagues and all those kind of things, but it's not going to get any easier. Um, and now instead of two clubs being pissed off, there are going to be three clubs, you know, really pissed off every year. Um, but truthfully, I do wonder if, if uh, champions league expands in the next, in the next I, I, six, it's, it's three or four years year already. Yeah. yeah. It's already happening in 2024. They just had, they have, I was, they have this weird rankings for it though. I was just reading a little bit about, about the rankings. <clears throat> and yeah, it, it's, it's, saying, it's like based yeah, on ahead. how you, it's based on how your country your does country in, has performed in the champions league. So like if over the next few years, the English clubs don't perform that well, like for, for a while, the English clubs weren't performing well. We had people in the cha- in like the quarterfinals. We had it was like a year that we had yeah, both, all English like, finals. Two of them exactly yeah. on on the Europa League side and on the Champions League side. Well, so it's like still it, Chelsea's still in it, and so is City right now. Though, like I think how many how many teams are left now? I mean, I think I think the England's still doing fairly well in the Champions League. But I would Italy, say like Italy actually two years has four ago. Teams left. Two yeah, years I would say ago, two yeah, years ago, dominating. Like England, England was like dominating it. So two, if that, if that kind of thing, two years happened, ago, like they almost had two. an all England. Uh, I think it was both Champions League and Europa League almost ended up being all England or something crazy yeah, like that. I think it was. I think the year that we were in, it was all England. I think because it was like Arsenal. Yeah, it was Chelsea. It was because I remember yeah. we were in. We were. Oh, in, that's um, when Chelsea beat City in the final. No, no, no. The year that we were in it with Liverpool. Oh, yeah. the year that we were in the yeah, final. I think that. Arsenal and Chelsea played each other, I think, in the Europa League final. In in the Europa League final, yeah. Well, um, I mean, yeah. I, and, and, I, either way, either way, for, for right now, though, England is not performing as well. So if another country slips in there, they might get that extra spot. Like, well, there's two extra spots going the... to them. There's two extra spots going to that. It says right now a Premier League and the Dutch Eredivisie would each receive an extra place. Well, we know one country that it's not going to be, and that's going to be France. So we don't have to worry about. <laughs> well, for France, <laughs> though, for France, how this our, one though taking our now, spots. Not the third place though goes to the, the 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 third out of the four goes to the third place team in the country standing fifth in the UEFA coefficient. That could very well be France, <laughs> like regularly. Yeah, so so there will be another Champions League spot, which you know there there are. There are more teams vying for it, and we even see teams like, um, I mean, for a while, Fulham was up there. Uh, Brighton and Brentford are, you know, are buzzing around as well. So it, there are going to be probably at some point because of the the amount of money in the Premier League, like ten teams that could fight for these things, and so it'll be more difficult. But I think that's competition, like that's healthy competition, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that when it's all said and done if it's i think also to jesse's point what he was saying about the 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 champions league expanding and it already is planning to do that i could see it expanding even more i mean look look what they did with the world cup and i know that's a a little different scenario but i mean the more games the more money for them and then they want to showcase these english teams that have and are going to continue to have overwhelmingly the best players in the world not that they're not going to still be the best players in the world in these other leagues but they're all super teams in, in the top in England, whereas there are only super teams for the top two in Spain and the top one in, in Germany. And then it's like the out of the top 10 teams in the world, it's, if not already soon, it's going to be like what? Like six of them are going to be English. Six or seven will be English. I think the like, best way forward for Spurs would be, and this is what I thought like <clears throat> when the Knicks were doing their Knicks thing and like, oh, we're going to go higher some huge name person like let's get phil jackson the gm he's old he's never been a gm before let's pay him more than any other gm like why wouldn't you have gotten go and got rc buford at the spurs as in san antonio um you know at that point like let's go and get like whatever we need to do go to freaking dortmund no go to go to dortmund like just call like like send levy to dortmund with a bag of british pounds and be like you guys continuously create euros in dortmund what, whatever he'll figure it out like you guys create <laughs> you you continuously find people your youth system is incredible you're out financially you know uh, bayern's got more money than you but they they continuously find someone that they go and sell people and they they also know when to sell their young players at their peak value and they've they've been um, a coaching turnstile too yeah. like clops from there tuchel like i mean they're incredible everything they're doing is, yeah. is incredible like that's they're one of the more admiral teams in the in the league and, and you've seen some of that stuff written when we played um them in the champions league a couple different times 
we've seen like the hey look at some of the similarities here but they're doing it at, at, at they're doing what we should what spurs should achieve to be every once in a while you'll make a, a semifinal in the champions league every once in a while you're, you're gonna you're gonna win a dfb pokal or whatever the the german cup is you might compete <laughs> And you might win a a champion uh, or a, 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 a um, Bundesliga title, domestic league, yeah, the Bundesliga title. But like that's what we need to, to model ourselves after. That's that's they the have, group that's that's doing it really well. Do they have like a crazy analytics team, or what? Are, what is their edge? Do you, does anybody know? Or they just are really good at? So I wonder if they have just departments that are kind of, you know, money. Well, I think that's I think that's what Levy's got to bring the pounds down there to figure out because obviously. They're doing something that we're not. And 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 I think step one in that is obviously just like the intention. You're not going to be able to <clears throat> produce that type of football unless you have a very clear plan in place in terms of like, this is what we do. And this is then we, you can figure out how you want to go about doing it. I still think that we're haven't quite figured out what it is that we want to do. Um, looking at the table right now, as I said, we're now fifth. Uh, 29 games played with nine games left to go. United and Castle are both ahead of us by three points with a game in hand. Brighton is four points below us with two games in hand. And that is also our next match. So not only is there a possibility that they can catch us, because if they win their next two matches, they'll actually pass us on points, uh, assuming that we don't get more ourselves. Um, but I think also just in terms of us trying to stay in the fight, whatever fight I think we're still in. I mean, I'm laughing because I just I I have such a hard time really seeing us like for real in the top four race. Like I feel like we are technically, and the press talks about it like we are, but I don't. I just don't see it at all. Am I being pessimistic about that? <laughs> should I still be holding on to hope for top four? Because for me, I just I do not see it based on no, you are not the way that we think about that. Like, <laughs> no, just, it's the hope that kills you. I think that ha- having just dropped four points versus bottom table team is in the last couple minutes of the last couple games. That like that that you know like well man if we miss by you know we we could miss by 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 a couple points or something like now that there's like a, a delta of four points that we just dropped that that makes the the margin of error even slimmer right like I, just for for peak pain I'm sure that we'll go down the stretch and beat United and beat Liverpool and then be like wow imagine if we had those extra four points from not closing it out versus Southampton and and Everton look where we'd be so there's there's still the hope but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'd be. I'd be very, very surprised if not shocked if we made top four. Well, this yep. is a game that I think, in a lot of ways, will let us know if it's at all realistic. Because um, if we lose this game, then I think it's really, really done. So, like, I guess it's it's finally that time that we that we all dread, and it's time to actually make some predictions. I'm actually going to go first and say I. Don't think we're going to win. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually picked a loss on this, but uh, maybe I did against City. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, I have been really uninspired by the football. I think the way that we um, struggle to maintain possession and continuously give the ball away, um, in a lot of ways, you know, like we haven't paid for it against the Nottingham Forests and the Everton's. But, I mean, I, we paid for it, but we didn't lose the game. I feel like Brighton is a team that's going to be like, oh, this is what y'all do? <laughs> like, okay, they're going to have fun. Um, and I just, yeah, I see us conceding a couple times, especially if Hugo's still back behind this, between the sticks. I'm ready to bring back Forster. I don't even know why Hugo's starting, but that's <laughs> probably something we should have addressed earlier. But, yeah, um, we probably find a way to get a goal, but I think 2-1. Brighton. I agree with that. I can see why you wanted to go first. You can feel how negative the vibe is around here. <laughs> this is what, the first time I'm going to un... <clears throat> I've, I've picked Spurs to lose before in an attempt to reverse jinx them. It hasn't really worked. But um, yeah, I, I'm i going 3-1 Brighton just because I just have so little faith in our attacking and then took... I really dread playing a team that um, I mean, maybe we'll be able to catch them on the counter, but they're just so they're very incisive. They play fast. Like I, 
well, we can we talk about this another day, but if there are teams that um, have a higher number of shots from like outside the box, I wonder if we could really get punished by some of these teams. I don't, I don't know if Brighton necessarily fall under that, but I could just see us getting ripped to shreds by Brighton unless we play more positively. If we don't play on the front foot, I just think that we're going to get ripped up because our defense is too passive. I don't trust that back line either. I can already see somebody just like making a run in behind Longley and he just knows nothing about it. Yeah, they had so Brighton has a plus 17 goal differential this year and ours is plus 12. We'd have to look at more numbers, but there's a good chance Brighton is better than us this year and has been all season. So I especially then with the the way that we've been uh, trending lately, yeah, I really don't like our chances. I mean, all right, who's yeah. bold? <laughs> Who wants to go next? Now that me and Ben got it out of the way. So because my guys from Queen Spurs are in the house, you know, for them, I'm going to be a little more hopeful than all of you. Um, that's still me not calling for a win, but because we're at home. Not that hopeful. <laughs> I was going to say, this is how a draw well, hey, at this home. Is, this is me. This is me saying I'm going to go 2-2 draw. I'm going to say that. Harry Kane decides to maybe gets another maybe gets another penalty, but I'm gonna go two two draw. So you know at least there will be some. It's a goals. penalty and an own goal if we're getting two. <laughs> <laughs> at least there will be some goals for them. You know I want to make sure that there's at least something enjoyable in there, and hopefully it's like us scoring the last goal. So it you know scenes in the you know south end or something. It That's what I'm hoping better. for them. That's Where what you I'm secure hoping. a draw at the end rather than surrender two points at doesn't, the end. Yeah. Doesn't oh, it that definitely, feel better? It definitely feels <laughs> better. It changes a lot. It really does. So, so yeah, my guys Tim and um and Nick are out there. So uh, for y'all, two two draw. Uh, I'm gonna go also uh, a draw, but I think I'll go one one. I think we'll concede one early, have one. Um, not late enough that it'll actually feel good about it, but um, early enough in that the fifty ninth like, minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Early enough that I'm like, "Hey, maybe we can do something," and then just watch us, you know, run around in circles for thirty minutes. So stand uh, around. Yeah, one one. I mean, like I, I, looking at the counter. It was two months ago today. We're recording this on April fifth, uh, February fifth. I'd say maybe like high point uh, of the of the of the season. If you think about it, we were um, uh, we'd beat City had bounced back after losing to to Arsenal and and uh and City was this at the, the end Stellini of January. run where Conte was recovered from surgery? Uh that... I don't remember. We beat Fulham 1-0, we beat uh Preston and Sonny was like is Sonny back again this time maybe. Um he had a couple of really nice goals against top, uh, against Preston. The Danjuma freaking debut goal accidental against them and then the next, you know, a week later we beat Man Pretty City. Pretty sure that's the only minutes he's played. And then it's all been downhill from there. We lose to Leicester four one. We lose to Milan. We beat. We've only won twice since then. So since since we beat City, we've only won two games since then, and that was a two derbies back to back. We uh, we beat West Ham and Chelsea by the by two zero, and it's been uh, it's been downhill since then. So oh no, sorry, one more. We beat Nottingham Forest. So three wins since in two months. Obviously, there's been an international break, so it's a little bit of a, of a cherry pick stat, but that's not a lot of opportunities for, for joy, um, especially since the last, uh, you know, the last win was almost a, a month ago in a Nottingham Forest game that I barely even remember happening. Um, and and the last two matches were as frustrating as they are. So 1-1 one, one in, the, in the most boring and least exciting way. Yeah, you mentioned that Dan Juma goal and I mean, we talk about subs that could have been made and should have been made on Monday. Dan Juma, you want him probably coming in instead of Lucas, um, in addition to Saar to shore up the midfield. But they asked Delini about Dan Juma and the presser, and he gave this very, like, non-committal response about, like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's he's got to wait his turn. And it's like, bro, the options that you're playing aren't working. <laughs> Um, and then the club, I don't know if you guys saw this, the club had the nerve to post a video today of Dan Juma working out. They're like, how are, you, how are you promoting a player that all of the fans want to see play and your coaches are refusing to put him in the game? Like, 
It's like I, I don't know if, if it's a complete like lack of awareness or if it's maybe, like they're trolling us. Like what? Maybe, what? Why would you post this, man? Maybe Lucas has some blackmail material on both Conta and Stellini. But you also know the wildest thing is I follow Denjuma on Twitter, and I don't. I looked at his Twitter recently because he posted a match day, like photo video thing. He does that every match day, and I'm like, bro, you don't even play. <laughs> I would have stopped posting those. Like, I didn't play two games in a row. I'd be like, I'm not posting you shits anymore. <laughs> Every game, he's got his, another picture. His social like, media team didn't get the memo. <laughs> I'd be like, y'all need to cut this. Cut this. But nah, he's still still out there repping Spurs. Shout well, out to we'll him, see though. what happens because, as I said, Lucas got a straight red. And so um, he won't be able to play for at least the next few matches. So we'll see. Like, if he shouldn't he doesn't he wants to leave at the end of the year we don't want him here we have other people that can do it like why does he even don't get me wrong i'm not saying he should be playing i'm saying before he came on or before his stupid red card i was just like what are you doing here like what what is what is happening that he's like yeah no actually goes that bald brazilian again it's actually amazing that he's getting minutes knowing that he's not going to be there next year and it's like what do you think he's giving us it's just you're obviously not thinking about the future anyway because you refuse to play SAR. But what do you think he's giving us in the next three months when he knows he's not going to be here next year? Like he actually doesn't care if we win these games. Yeah, he's so amped up about winning these games that he's going studs in above the ankle. I Goodness mean, gracious. So that's what we have to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. You're doing the Walter White thing, maniacal laughter. <laughs> maniacal Come laughter. On, that's all we have left. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. Oh, man. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Jesse's, he can't even get into it. <laughs> <laughs>